Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. Night Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man that does not exist. I'm the voice of Night Industry 2000's microprocessor, K-I-T-T for easy reference, a kit if you prefer. What would you like to hear? Welcome to Champlin Klein, the Night Rider Years, a podcast by two friends who share a love of classic 80s television. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I am your other host, Greg Klein. And Gregory, this almost didn't happen. <laughs> So close to not happening. This is so close to absolutely not being able to happen. So we're within we're we're within twelve hours of this episode being released. I believe just we're about what time is it? Four thirty? So yeah, about twelve fifteen hours from 13, this episode. 40, 36 it's, hours. It's like we're about seventy two hours away. Yeah, so from- another week or two probably. <laughs> oh, although I have to say that when we were releasing MacGyver, we used to drop at midnight. That's and I remember weird. there was one night that we recorded the day before. It was like a 10 o'clock recording for some I don't remember when. But we were like really cutting it v- close, as close as possible. I think we finished at 11.15, and it was like a 45-minute turnaround. We will not be running this episode for eight hours, but you all know that these episodes release at 8 a.m. But yeah, uh, this is pretty. This cuts this this cut it pretty close. We thought we might not have been able to make this happen this week. It it worked out really well, though. It's been a great a great week, and it's an honor, David, that we can make this happen it's, tonight. It's been a shitty week in my house. Yeah. <laughs> so just a just a quick uh, a quick update here. So Kristen's parents are doing fine. Her mom is healing well. Her hip is doing really well healing. Her dad's had a really good stretch of time with health mm-hmm. and things like that. He's, he's doing pretty well. However, our family, um, our two children have both come down with uh, the influenza. Damn. Um, Lucy was diagnosed and hit with it Wednesday night. Eva woke up Friday morning with the exact same symptoms that Lucy had. So they are both on, they've both been on flu meds for now two days. So I'll probably get it. No, and that's, why, week, right? and that's why I told you to come right in through the garage because the girls haven't been down here. <laughs> um, I mean, at this point, they've been on meds now. Eva's had four doses of her flu meds. Lucy's been on it since Wednesday night. Do they take, can um, I have some? I mean, Lucy learned how to take pills for the first time in her life. They her her flu meds were on were in pill form. Or like the size of lifesavers. You can't break them up. Don't chew them. Don't, Swallow it all. It's whole. like a horse pill. <laughs> it's like, it's like a ah! it's like a June bug. I did oh. I did tell her I was like the fact that you learned how to take a pill like this without crushing it up into ice cream means you're leaps and bounds ahead of your aunt. My sister used to crush it up at like eighteen because she couldn't swallow pills. Yeah. My dad always had trouble with pills. Like I remember that. Did he really? Yeah, just in his whole life. Yeah, but I, I can swallow a pill. I, I'm, 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 I'm an old hat at swallowing pills. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's what I was referring to. Hmm. Um, so ultimately, I texted Greg Wednesday night and said, "Hey, here's the deal. Lucy's got the flu. You're welcome to come over, but I'll just have you come right to the basement." You opted out. Rightfully so, but I still came over to your house. And, you and, did, <laughs> and so so I came over because I had a, a gift for the Champa household. So my wife, uh, she she had ordered some catering for her work, or no, a, a coworker had ordered catering for their work, but there was way too much. So our fridge has about two to three pounds of uh, sh- uh, sh- uh, shaved, not shaved. Uh, Ground oh, beef. Ground, well, no. Damn it. Pulled chicken. Oh, you still have more? We have tons of pulled chicken. We have probably about a pound of white rice, and we had about two pounds of pre-seasoned cooked hamburger meat. Yes, you did. And I was like, I wonder if the Champas would like this. So I had it with me. So I came over to your house without anyone here and left two pounds of meat in your fridge. You sure did. And I have to say, you must have just missed Kristen and Lucy, because even I went to get Lucy's prescriptions. So I think you guys, Kristen, so Kristen texted me while I was waiting for the medicine, and she goes, was Greg here? Because there's taco meat in the fridge. <laughs> I said, yes. You stopped by and dropped off the taco meat that we were going to have for dinner. Like I'm some weird kind of Santa. 
Oh, Greg was here. There's taco meat in the <laughs> There's fridge. There's taco meat in the fridge. Uh, so you did show your face at least to an empty house. I did. I um, didn't even turn the lights on. I just came in. Did you Did you go up to the basement? Yeah. You, I, I just wa- I opened the garage door. The basement lights were on. I just walked upstairs. But there was enough residual light that I could see. Yeah. And left some taco meat in your fridge and, and left. Yeah, and I, and I appreciated it because the meat was delicious. <laughs> oh, was, did you eat all of it? Oh, it's gone. Really? Yeah, so we had tacos Wednesday <laughs> night. And then Thursday, I brought a lot of it to work and had nachos. And then Friday <laughs> night, last night, Kristen had gone out for a little while because she needed a break just to be out of the house. Mm-hmm. So the girls and I had tacos again. So we had three nights worth of that's awesome. Three Dave. full meals worth of taco <laughs> meat. I'm so glad which you got, is great. got use out of it. So we were initially going to try to do last night, Friday night. And I know, Greg, you said you had a hockey game to go to, so you weren't available. And you said maybe tonight, Saturday night would work. Yeah. But you had a brew tour. Um, at mm-hmm. six o'clock, so about an hour and a half from this recording, Greg has a brew tour to go on until about midnight. Until about midnight. All the while, we are all here in Maine waiting on bated breath for what they're referring to as they do once a year, uh, snowpocalypse. Yep, that's coming. We in. are about to get crushed with about twenty to twenty-six inches of snow <laughs> starting around three a.m. <laughs> and yep. running all day Sunday and sp- tapering off early Monday morning. So we're kind of all waiting on bated breath for that to happen. So it was really one of those moments I was like, you know what? We're going to have to put this off. I'm going to have to pull from the bank. But you texted me, I think, Thursday or Friday and said, I think Saturday will work before I go on the brew tour. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Just come right into the garage so you don't have to be in any contact with the children. Let's just make it happen. And sure enough, here we are. Here we are. And we've got an episode out for you guys because we care that much about you that we don't want you to go a week without hearing... These dulcet tones destroying your everyday lives. We care about you directly. You, right there, listener, right now. We're doing this for you. Richard, William, Bill, we're doing this for basically the two of you because you're the only ones who actually talk to us. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, um... Let's talk about what we got going on this week, Greg. You had, uh, we had the second meeting of the League of Maine Podcasters. Correct, um, the League of Maine Podcasters. It's this fantastic, uh, um, you know, collaborative, well, just group of of podcasters in Maine that have been organized by uh, Mr. Tanner Campbell of the Portland Pod. Uh, I suggest if anyone's in Maine try to start a podcast and has no idea what to do, or you want to do it for your business. Check out the PortlandPod.com. Yes. Uh, Tanner would be very um, you know, eager to help you guys out. He's amazing. He's so much fun. Does he listen to our show? Did you get there? Do you know if he listens to us? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Tanner, well, if you're listening to us, email us the second you hear me say this. Go Now, do it. Okay, so I'm going to put that out there. When this episode releases, I expect to hear from you in 24 hours. That's correct. That's all I'm saying. Um, and it was great. So it kind of dovetailed into this other event um, r- last Friday, well, yesterday for us here now, called Social Media Breakfast, which happens in uh, in Portland, Maine, at Rising Tide Brewing uh, monthly. Um, and it's all about social media, <laughs> data, all kinds of neat stuff. And the sp- topics change monthly. Yeah, yeah, um, And Tanner happened to be speaking this week at the social media breakfast about podcasting. Yeah. Along with another gentleman who was talking about cryptocurrency and then someone else talking about uh, uh, privacy issues like data privacy and all sorts of stuff. Sure. It was fascinating. I know more about cryptocurrency than I ever did before. I really wish I had gone. And all kinds of cool stuff about um, privacy issues. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. With data protection and all that stuff. And podcasting. And Tanner kicked ass. He really... really, I think he got a huge response, <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's actually going to be having a a like podcasting one hundred and one. I think February fifteenth or sixteenth. Okay, check it out uh, at the Portland Pod slash the league or slash league. I would just Google Portland Podcast or the Portland Pod or something something along those lines. You'll be able to find. God, we're terrible. <laughs> we are terrible, but. Check them out. We fully cool support dude. what Tanner's doing in Portland, Maine. We absolutely do. It is something that I think is absolutely necessary for the Portland scene, and Tanner is, ap- is 100% doing a kick-ass job. 100%! We, we appreciate everything he has done for putting together this League of Maine podcasters, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, Greg, I actually have some some news. I, I, I will officially be guest- guesting 
on one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, really? So I listen to about 22 podcasts on a weekly rotation. Mm-hmm. One of those podcasts I listen to is a podcast called So I Married a Movie Geek. It is, it's very much like, it reminds me a lot of Kristen and I. So it's a husband and wife. Husband has seen hundreds and thousands of movies. The wife hasn't seen a whole lot. And they talk about movies that she's never seen and they just have a kind of a, a discussion with each other. They do that on a bi-weekly basis. On the other weeks, this show does a fantasy movie draft. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they'll do like horror movies of the 80s, horror movies of the 90s, action movies, Schwarzenegger movies, Christmas movies. Right now they're doing a tournament of 80s movies. They're going through every single year Okay, in the 80s. They started with 80 and they work their way through and then they have like semifinals and the finals in, in March and April. So I was approached. He, Justin had messaged me on Twitter. And asked if I was still interested in being part of one of the fantasy movie drafts. Oh. So I will be partaking in the 1986 fantasy movie draft, tentatively recording, I believe he said on February 8th, mm-hmm. for release, I think at some point later on, on February. They drop every Monday their episodes. I don't know what the official date of the release is, but I'm recording with them um, on February 8th. Okay. So I'm pumped. I have already gotten together my list of nineteen of movies from 1986. <laughs> I got about 34 movies. Wonderful. on the list right now. I get five. I get five rounds, and I get five picks for those movies. Um, so I'm kind of working through the order that I want them to appear in case somebody steals one from me or something like that. Uh, but I'm really, really excited. It's a podcast I've been listening to for a long time. I love their fantasy movie draft, so I've been really kind of itching and kind mm-hmm. of let him know, like, hey, if you ever have any openings for a guest spot, they want a newbie on every week for the fantasy drafts. Mm-hmm. If you ever want a newbie, you know, go ahead and let me know. And so he messaged me about two weeks ago to ask. Oh, that's well, David, to be part of it, and I'm super excited. That's pretty cool. I'm really excited to be uh, to be on the show. So I'll let you guys know as we get closer to that date. Um, hopefully, it kind of it works out. But I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking I'm ready for this, and I cannot wait. You are so ready for this. But they record. They record. He. They're in California, mm. so they record at eight o'clock Pacific, which mm. means I have to be up and ready to record here at eleven. You'll be fine. I'll be fine. I think because Kristen's going to be gone to Texas. Mm. I think the girls might be going to a grandparents' house for the weekend, so I'm actually going to be free uh-huh. by myself that night. What are you going to wear? Um, nothing. Aha. Uh-huh. So that's right. So that's what I got going on this week, or, or in t- in a couple of weeks. So excited so I'm pretty for you, excited about uh, that, Greg. Do you want to hear some Twitter responses coming up that I ha- I put out a question to? Oh, on I Twitter? sure do because I feel like we've we've just completely shit on our Twitter polls lately. We certainly have. I didn't even. This like, wasn't even a Twitter we, poll. And like just all just in general, we've been awful with our with our who's more likely stuff. <laughs> I have questions. Oh, I thank totally God. I totally blew it with the who's more likely questions this week. You sure did, <laughs> or last week, or whatever it was. But it's all right. We've been kind of a you know one foot on the merry-go-round or off the merry-go-round. I always feel like this is the time of the year that all. All people just there's just there's so much going on mm. and there's so much happening that it's really hard to kind of make it's to make ends meet and try to get things working. So I think we're back on here. So the Twitter response. So you guys saw that I posted a picture of Michael Knight alone having a picnic. Oh, oh, yeah, he was so so serene. This is an image from this week's episode that we're going to talk about in about five or ten minutes. I put out the question. If you were the other person having a picnic with Michael Knight, what would you eat? <laughs> what would you do for him? We got a limited response. I mean, like, wait, what? So I, I did see this because well, I think I responded to it you also. Did, you did. So what you would eat with him? What would you bring to a picnic with Michael Knight? Okay. Was the question I asked. Okay. You said olive pits. <laughs> Break your teeth. But like that's a nice a jar full of dry olive pits. Sounds beautiful. Sounds amazing. So I think you know this person, Jay McNelly. Oh, yeah. Okay, he wrote, I would love to. It seems like he has a glass to spare. Hashtag two is one and one is none. (laughs) So there was that. (laughs) Yeah. So Jay, who we actually haven't heard from him in a little while, he wrote a really well thought out (laughs) message. I can usually base it on when they actually like a tweet to when they respond. So he liked a tweet, and then like six or seven minutes went by before he responded. He wrote, wow, this is great. I would probably bring a tasteful cheese plate with wine or champagne. Some finger sandwiches and caviar would be good. Though Michael would probably prefer cold cheeseburgers cooked medium and some well-done fries, or an obnoxiously large party sub. (laughs) 
All of that is stuff that I would absolutely bring to a picnic with Michael Knight. The obnoxiously large party sub. It's just like you're trying to like you're unbalanced, trying to walk up a hill with a six foot party sub. Michael, can you use a little help here? Just get, I I've got all your favorite cold cuts on the sandwich. <laughs> Actually, it's a sandwich journey. It starts like as caprese and ends up like as an Italian or something. It's like it's like it's like and you eat you eat from either end. It's like six feet of food. You eat meat in the middle, and make out. You just make out profusely. <sighs> With, spit olive pits into each other's mouths. <sighs> Michael, catch. Michael, and catch. And you just hear like, I'm, I can't even do it. Don't you hear it clicking you off your teeth. Ah! <laughs> it's like tooth. Michael's toothless by the end of it. <laughs> oh. um, but that's... Uh, you know, and I thought about it, and I'm realizing that. So I don't know what I would bring with me. I, I think it would. I think I would pull a. I would pull a fast food mark and just like, just bring as many cheeseburgers as I could. Would like one from like back when we did our fast food yes. dinner. But you would maybe go to five or six different chains and try to find his perfect fast food burger. Yes, hundred huh. percent, absolutely. Oh, that's swell. <laughs> and would would you just get like a, a box of wine? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it would totally be a Franz, yeah. S- serve it out of the bag, like just take it right out of the box and just serve it like bagpipes. It would be a Franzia, it would be a Franzia picnic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's what, uh, that's what we'd bring to, to a picnic with Michael. I appreciate all the responses we got from, from all, of our, all of our good friends out there in Twitterland. Sure. You want to go to Richard's Corner? Yes. All right, guys. It's time for Richard's corner. This is uh, this is a uh, a message he left earlier this week about uh, about our last episode, Chariot of Fire. So here we go. Hey guys, this is Richard. I had a, a couple notes on um, the episode uh, Chariot of Fire. Um, what the hell is up with all the knights on guard violence? Like Michael kicks the asses of like four or five innocent guards who are just doing their jobs. You know, they're getting paid probably minimum wage, trying to put their kids through college. What is this problem? There's, like, no discussion. He sees them in the hallway, and he just starts pounding on these guys. Where are you? I don't know. I was a bit disappointed with that part of the episode. The other thing I wanted to bring up was when uh, Kit asks Bonnie about, um, like, where Michael is, and Bonnie says, you know, that he's on the ground somewhere. Um, Bonnie starts messing around with his... uh, his wire is there, and she does the computer override. And, um, um, you know, there's a part where the ejection sort of uh, light starts going back and forth. Um, I, I thought for a second Bonnie was going to come flying out of that car. <laughs> I was hoping that was not going to happen, but, um, yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Anyway, um, last week's audio quality was, was fine. It was, it was good. No problem. And, um, yeah. I hope you guys know well. Hope the in-laws are doing well too. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye, Richard. Thank you very much. Yeah, he was. Uh, he must have been, you know, taking a stroll through a parking lot. Were you? Yeah. Were you walking somewhere in New York or or Jersey? I have to know where you were because a couple went, of people yelling in the background. You in the Paramus Mall? <laughs> I grew up down there. Uh, oh sword. gosh. Oh, that's right. I forgot you grew up in Jersey a little bit. Um. But anyway, thank you, in uh, Bergen County. Boygan County? Boygan County. Is that what they refer to it as? Mm-hmm. Greg? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. Well, I don't remember, David. It was my past life. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell at you. It's okay. I raised my voice, and now you're mad at me. I could never be mad at you. Eee, you're so nice to me. Greg, David, you want to get into the episode? Oh, yes. Let's do this. This, uh, boy, boy, this is a doozy. Uh, here we go, guys. It is season one, episode 19, White Bird. Michael singing in the dead of night. I don't know what I'm singing. Take his broken wings and break them more. That's not the song. It's not the way it goes. That's not, e- that's not even the same song. That's a, that's a Paul McCartney song, isn't it? Or is it Wings? No, that, that's a Beatles. That's Blackbird. Blackbird is a what do you? So this is white, white bird. Michael singing in the dead. Come on! Oh, you're you're blending two songs. I'm blending Blackbird and Whitebird because oh, I, we got to talk about that song <laughs> when we get there. Oh my god! Because <laughs> I have a theory about that song, but I want to wait till we get to that moment in the episode. Okay. Um. 
So we open in, as we do with most 80s uh, dramas and action adventure shows, uh, we open in an office building. Oh, it's so exciting. Uh, believe it's, it's so a, drab. <laughs> I believe it's a lawyer's office. It was a big. It was a big building. Yep, that's what I got. It's a, it was a big, very very um, drab, like you said. Uh, there there was really nothing distinguishable. No, it's one of those like building. you know back when like the 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 concrete brutalist design was very popular. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and we meet we meet a man named Gilbert Cole. Uh, now Gilbert Cole, he is uh, he has an assistant named Stephanie Mason. He gives Stephanie a briefcase, and he tells her, go ahead and bring this down to the client who left it behind because they're going to want to have this. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie goes downstairs, and she brings it down. But it says specifically, they're going to be showing up out front in a gray Cadillac or something right. like that. Just hand it to them. Just hand it to them. They're going to want this, okay? So Stephanie goes outside. The car pulls out and starts heading towards Stephanie, but not before Stephanie is immediately taken by two federal agents from the Department of Justice, put into a car, and driven away. Yep. Within the first three minutes of the episode, Stephanie is taken and driven away. The guy's in the car. We cut to the guy on the phone. He says, you know what? I don't like this. He's like, let's go. We yeah, get he basically says, it's a setup. It's a setup. Let's get out of here. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so they leave. We cut to Michael and Kit. On some sort of a road trip, I don't know. We don't. They're going to some unknown location. They pull into a restaurant <laughs> where we assume Michael is kind of probably going to get a burger and a beer. Yeah, a beer. He's going to order beer. A beer. <laughs> so, uh, bartender, get me beer. <laughs> what kind of beer? I just want beer. <laughs> okay, one beer coming up. <laughs> so he gets out and he stops short and he looks down at the newspapers. He goes in, he grabs a newspaper and opens it up, and he looks at the front page article, and it's a picture of Stephanie Mason from earlier, from a couple minutes before. A couple minutes before, like it's like back or to the 22 future. 22 seconds before. Like her picture shows up immediately in the paper, because <laughs> it's from the future. So obviously there's a passage of time, because I think it's night. It's nighttime by the time. Dave, come on, it's always nighttime. It's, it's always nighttime. He doesn't get into the restaurant, because he's triggered by something when he sees the picture of Stephanie. He gets back into Kit... And they drive away, and basically, I, I, they end up back at the semi. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which is driving all the time. Like, Michael pulls in, drives yeah. into it, I think. Which we never, yeah, he drives into it, but we never actually can tell from the inside of the semi that it's moving. No. Because everything is completely static. Unless they have, unless that truck has amazing shockproofing. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And we still, I still don't know who's driving it. Nope. I really hope we meet this driver in the next two to three and a half seasons. Or it's going to be like the driver in Duel. We never see them. We never see him. We just kind of see the silhouette of a driver. Mm, or maybe right. it's automated. Could be. Because, you know, isn't Tesla coming up with the, uh, maybe this was like pre the pre-Tesla automated. You know, if, if Kit if Kit exists, absolutely this truck is automated. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, but before we see that, we, we cut back to Stephanie Mason, who's being interrogated by these two federal agents according to the agents there was uh, uh basically dirty laundered money in this briefcase and it came from a man named anthony solon i think was mm. what they called him yeah was that his name um and somehow they have not proven this yet but gilbert cole the man who gave her the briefcase has some sort of a connection to solon but they can't prove that they haven't been able to prove it until they they feel like they're getting really really close. Well, basically, they give her an ultimatum: either you you sni- you know you testify against your boss that he de- gave you this directly to hand off, or you're right. the only link we have and you're going to jail. Like gave her like no right. Way either out. you confess or you say no and you go to jail because right. we're going to pin it on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, not even confess, just like in- implicate. Yeah, she's like you're going to rat him out or you're going to go to jail. So whatever you decide you'd like to do. Right, and he was a total douche about it. He really was. He was an ass. Was he? An ass. He was, he was such an ass. For a police officer, he was a real ass. What's happening right now? I don't know. <laughs> so we cut back to Michael, and he's having these like really quick flashbacks. Like It's very clear that there's like a, a audio snippets of, of Michael having a conversation with someone. Saying like, oh, well, we're always going to be together. I'm always going to love you. And Michael is clearly conflicted about what's going on right well, it now. Well, it was images of her. Yeah. Like like from the past. Like, you know, these bad like crossfades and, 
silhouettes and stuff. Oh, this is going to be forever. This is going to be for so much fun. I love you so much. Right. I love you, Michael. Yeah. I love you, Michael. I love you, Michael. And it, yeah, and it kind of like fades. I love you, Michael. I, I love, love you, you, Michael. Michael. <laughs> but she said that so much. I, I love know. you. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> love you, Michael. Are Michael? It's I, like the. Have you ever seen Metropolis? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tima. Tima. Love you. Love you, Michael. That's that's what that was. Mm. That was exactly what that was. So on, on the foundation's dime, and in a scene that we assume was cut, Michael has figured out where Stephanie was being held. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the foundation's dime, Michael goes to the police station and bails her out. Uh, but he, he pretty much told Devin, he's like, so this girl is being held and she's going to be implicated and be thrown in jail. And it basically, I guess, gets the green light from Devin to go save her. Right. Because Devin knows who she is. Yes, because Devin knows everything. Of course he does. Yeah. We actually, well, we'll get there. I don't want to jump too far ahead. Yeah, but Michael goes into the police station, sits on the bench like with this amazing swagger for a moment, and then just picks her up and says, you're coming with me. Yeah. Who are you? My name's Michael Knight. I'm with the foundation. (laughs) I'm with the foundation for law and government. I'm here to bail you out. Right. Come with me. Oh, okay. Because at this point, she has this moment of like recognition. She's like, I swear I've. I swear I've met you before. I feel like I know you. <laughs> nope. Let's go. Okay. That sounds fun. Let's go back to my apartment. Well, well he brings right. her. Yeah, he brings her back to her apartment. Right. Which to is, get some clothes, right? Does I don't. Go, yeah, I guess so. To get some clothes to go to a safe house. Yes. So Stephanie starts talking about how she's like, oh, I don't really believe that my boss. Now, we re- no, Stephanie's boss is Gilbert Cole, the man from earlier. She's like, I don't believe that he's involved with the underworld. I, I don't really think that whatever you're telling me, Michael, is true. This is, not, this is not the case. And Michael basically says, all right, here's the deal. You give me 24 hours to convince you and to show you that your boss is connected with this Anthony Solon. Otherwise, I'm going to let it go. And we'll just, we'll, just, we'll just part ways. And she's like... I really think I recognize you from somewhere, but so- okay, you know what? That's fine. I'll give you twenty four hours, and that's all you. He's that's like, all you get. Right. And he leaves, and yeah. she's like, "I'll." Be, uh, he's like, "I'll come back to get you later." Right. And I love this because Kit at this point calls Michael out, like, uh, "Michael, I notice your blood pressure is basically." He gave some asinine number, like through the roof blood pressure. Yeah, it was super high. It was super high, heart racing, and Michael's like, "Kit, I'm fine." But Kit, Michael says, "No," he says, "Oh, good. That sounds good." And Kit says, are you kidding? He's like, well, my, uh, I'm losing it here. And then he says, I thought it would be a lot higher. So yes. I don't know. Yeah, it was a it was, dumb line. It was. It and was. I delivered it poorly. That's okay. So in the stationary semi that we see Michael pull into while it's moving, but we don't see it moving when he's inside. <laughs> that was so confusing. Um, Michael reveals that, and I think I feel like Devin knew this too. He reveals to Bonnie. He reveals to Bonnie that this woman was part of his life. But not while he was Michael Knight. This woman was engaged to Michael Long. Yes. And because bon- you could tell Bonnie at first was a little upset. Like, why are we doing this? Right. And he explained to her, and she, she's like, Michael, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. So th- we'll get to it. There's a great scene later on with Devin and Michael that I have some issues with. I know exactly what part it is, <laughs> and it's coming up quicker than you think. Um, so he basically gets in the car and he leaves. After he's told Bonnie, like, yeah, when I was Michael Long, this girl, I was engaged to her. We were a thing. Like, he used to call her Stevie. Like, it was that was that was yeah. like their thing back and forth together. So Bonnie like programs Kit, and she puts all this information that she can get on Cole in, into um, into Kit's mainframe. He gets back to Stephanie's apartment, only to be attacked by her, very, very, very brutally. He like throw, she throws him to the ground because she, she thought he was an intruder because apparently two men had come by after he left and tried to break into the apartment to mm-hmm. to kill her essentially. Yeah. Um, so he packs her up and they leave for the foundation, only to be trailed by what we assume are the two men who tried to break in earlier. But while they're wrestling, while he, she attacked him and he was trying to like hold her and like you know tell her everything was gonna be okay, he's like, "It's gonna be okay, Stevie." And he, she's like, wait. and she stops, like, "Wait a minute, why did you call me that?" She's like, "Nobody's called me that for a really long time." He's like, "Oh, I must have read it in your file." I blows it off. It was such a good recovery. Yeah, he really did well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I love this scene because Kit is such a dick in this 
in this scene. So Michael's trying to introduce Kit to Stevie. He's like, <laughs> Kit, say hello to Stevie. Silence. Come on, Kit. You know your say hello to Steve. Silence. He's just being such a shit. He's like, Kit, come on, you're you're making me look like I'm crazy talking to my car. <laughs> and he eventually relents and then he has some fun with her and he starts like playing like funny noises and saying hello to her. And <laughs> what I like about Stephanie is she's just like, Oh, this is like she's not scared. She's completely taken aback, but she's fascinated she's by the She's totally fact into that, the car. This car is amazing. Yeah. And I loved it. I love it. And I don't know if I've told you this, but I'll tell you as we get closer to the end of the episode. There's a reason why Michael and Stevie have amazing chemistry in this episode because that was one of the biggest things that I noticed about this is that the two of them had unbelievable chemistry. They really did. Do you want me to tell you why now or should I wait? <sighs> Let's wait. Okay, I'll wait. So Stephanie keeps telling Michael, like, I, I, I know you. I know you somehow, and I cannot. I basically, it's like, I can't, I can't pinpoint this. But before it can go any further, Kit picks up another car. Basically, a car has been following them. Michael were being tailed by two guys in the car behind us or whatever. And it's identified pretty quickly as the two men who tried to kill Stevie from earlier. Because it's great. He's like, Kit, Kit see if you can see their faces. Of course he can. And, but he can see their faces, but like their driver's license photos from who knows when. <laughs> right. I know. Like he pulls up these photos. These not even like they're not even stills of him like taking a photo of the car driving. It's like no, them against the white yes. background. Exactly. <laughs> and he pulls one of them up on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. And Stephanie recognizes it as one of the men, and they're like, "All right, well, let's do it. Let's get out of here." So they turbo boost through a truck. Yeah, like it's like it's like those scenes when there's a chase, <laughs> and, and there's always somebody carrying a plate glass window. <laughs> that was exactly. It was only there for the sole purpose of Kit to turbo boost through the plywood. <laughs> yeah, like this big. Thi- I don't even know what it was. What the hell was it? It was just a plywood <laughs> sheet on a flatbed truck, and they just drove through it. Yeah, great. And Stephanie's having the time of her life. She's loving every second of this. Loving every minute of it. And of course, they leave those two men like they just obliterate them and leave them in the dust. I know. Um, oh, poor guys. The, and the two men call their contact, who I believe it's that's that's Anthony Solon, right? Contact. Yeah. Okay. So they call Anthony Solon, and they're like, and Anthony's like, oh, don't worry about it. I know where they're headed. They're off to the safe house. What? How do you? Yeah, I don't what, know. How did you know that you did? I don't know. Like, there's so many holes. Is this just like that weird trope of like just the bad guy always knows, or like yeah. because he's mob connected? Well, and, I just like, think that it's like the 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 foundation is just sloppy. I think that's all it is. Yeah, that's true. They're just sloppy. They're not. They're they're not as intricate as the Phoenix Foundation. I can yeah, tell you that. Well, much. the Phoenix Foundation. I don't know what it is still. That's true. And actually, no, you're actually the Phoenix Foundation. They're a pretty shitty organization, but too. But they're enormous, but they're they're just all over the place. They're, they're a terrible organization. I think they're so compartmentalized that they, they blew up the bottom levels of their foundation on the Western Division because of a virus that caused you to rapidly age. That's okay. It was Sandra's problem. That's right. That's right. Sandra and Ace. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, the dog. Oh, Ace. Ace. Anybody watch, want to watch a dog age? Like within seconds and then die in front of you. What was the name of that? Kill Zone. Watch the season. Uh, I forget what season it was, but just go- watch that episode. Uh, MacGyver's episode uh, called Kill Zone. It was it's truly, truly heartbreaking to watch a dog <laughs> age like 47 years and 30 seconds and then just die. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are laughing about it, though. <sighs> so let's cut to the safe house. The safe house. Devin is already there, and Michael tells him. That the men who want Stevie out of the picture have basically they got a lot to lose. Mm-hmm. If if Stevie testifies against Cole that he was involved with Anthony Solon, these two men who were trying to kill her, they basically like they've got a lot to lose if Stephanie goes mm-hmm. forward with this. Devin was like, Listen, I'm gonna do everything I can, but I want you to know that under normal circumstances if this weren't a woman that you were engaged to in a prior life before you had facial reconstruction surgery, <laughs> I'd tell you to go fuck yourself, and I would forbid you from helping someone you love. But because this is extreme circumstances, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and allow this. I know. You're like, damn. Yeah. And, and But Michael said thank you, and Devin was like, you're welcome. You know, he legitimately, yeah. Devin's legitimately on board. Absolutely. He's like, don't fuck this up. Yes. Which he probably said that knowing Michael was going to. Right. Because he does. 
But so- sort, yeah. sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of. Did you notice? Sort so, of. Did you notice that when Michael got to the safe house, how put out he looked that Devin was there? Yes. He, like he wanted some. He wanted some bang time. He did. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. how weird would that have been? Not weird for Michael. Not weird for Michael, but for her. I mean, <laughs> I come know. on. Well, she knows him somehow. Well, so she would know him. She she would know him. <laughs> Do you think he had reconstructive surgery down there or I just his face? Uh, oh, man, I don't know. I mean, do you think she'd recognize that? Of course. <laughs> I mean. He maybe has some signature move that you just can't disguise. Now, I know you don't recognize my face, but do you recognize this? <laughs> 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 We've gone too far. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> so, Michael and Stephanie. Uh, cozy up to the fire with some wine and sandwiches. So this is the that you do for real, like finger sandwiches. No joke, they were just, just straight up platter of finger sandwiches. Yeah, they were tiny. Yeah, but not just. Okay, so they're gonna just share a glass of wine together, but they're not just gonna share it and stand around and talk and like get to know each other. Right. They're gonna s- lie down in front of a fireplace on a shag carpet. <laughs> yes, yes they do. I love this. I love this scene. Like it doesn't make sense. Why? I- so here comes the best part okay so she well hold on back up for a second so she tells michael as they're sipping wine in front of the fire on the shag carpet that the last time she depended on someone like this much that person ended up dead so she was in this situation before because she basically she's referring to michael long oh i know she's like the last yes so apparently she was in a scenario like this she relied on someone too heavily and this person died, and she's so worried that that's going to happen again. Now, I, I'm just going to go extrapolate that a little bit. Does she know that Michael Long died, or was Michael? Did Michael Long just disappear? So she doesn't. They, say, wait, they swapped out bodies, didn't they? She doesn't say. She doesn't say he died. She said the last time she relied on someone this heavily, she lost him. Right. Then reveals to Michael that his this this person's name was Michael Long. Yeah. And Michael, you can see him conflicted, like, do I tell her? Do I tell her? Like, that's me? Like, because he probably has all, he obviously has the memories mm-hmm. that he was engaged to Stevie, but she never said, this person died. But you're right, though, they did. They swapped out bodies. Like, they, they replaced Michael Long's body with whoever. Some... They did a little Victor Frankensteining with bodies. <laughs> they dug some up, moved things around. Just sewed some parts together. Yeah. It's fine. Made a whole new person. So, but she never references that he died. I'm assuming she probably thinks he died, mm-hmm. but she never actually says that. True. Um, so here we go, which is, this is the, the title of the, the title of the episode, White Bird. <laughs> so we cut to Michael and Stevie basically like frolicking through a green field while a song called White Bird plays in the background. Now, I want to mention, I am 98% positive that that is David Hasselhoff singing White Bird over this scene. You think so? Yes. I could not <clears throat> figure it out. And I, you, If you want to look it up while we're talking, you can. I am almost positive that that was David Hasselhoff singing White Bird over this scene. Okay. <laughs> so this is where we have that scene, and you've seen the picture I've posted. Yeah, Michael having a picnic. Uh, Stevie is like really far away on a hill. <laughs> no, he like lets her go. She's says she, she says that she's gonna go pick some flowers. She's but, on a rock face, but whatever. But by picking flowers, she means just ripping them off bushes. Yes, <laughs> she, I'm gonna get some flowers. Grip, I got them. Uh, so while they're having this picnic and Michael's smiling and she's having fun picking flowers, Kit calls Michael on his watch and says, hey, listen, I'm picking up two signatures beside you and Stevie, and one of them has a rifle on the ridge above you. <laughs> I know. It's like, what? And Michael's like, Stevie, get down! <laughs> but he starts running, running on the hill. He's got such, oh, he runs so good. He's got an amazing run. She starts running. They start running down the hill. The guy opens fire and hits Stevie right in the shoulder and bam knocks her out completely like she's gone she's down mm-hmm. um so he carries her off throws her in kit they drive back to the foundation and Michael is sitting by Stevie's hospital bed sobbing he like, is heartbroken man this was hard to watch this it was, was not, I don't know about hard to watch but it was like man yeah. dude He's just and so that that was the freeze frame of like Michael with tears in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why I think that they this is the reason they have such good chemistry. After this scene, David Hasselhoff and the actress who played Stevie 
got engaged prior to filming this episode. For real? Yes. The real, this was his first wife. They got engaged right around the time of the filming of this episode, and he convinced the producers to cast her as, as Stevie. Wow. That is why they have such good chemistry in this episode. Like, <laughs> and he's crying probably because he's thinking about what life would be like without the, like, wow. Yeah. That's all right. And I just thought that was such a cool thing. But well, you I, could see it. I guess he had to do some pretty hard convincing to, like, let them put her in as Stephanie Mason. I mean, she wasn't a bad choice. No. She I thought fine. she I thought she worked great. Right. And I thought that that scene for me right now is going to be in one of my top top three favorite scenes of the entire season so far uh-huh. i was just just crying michael knight i never want to see that again <laughs> it was rough um so the next morning Devin has ordered michael's favorite breakfast steak eggs and greasy potatoes <laughs> even says that right yes greasy potatoes steaks steak eggs and greasy potatoes god i don't know if i could eat steak first thing in the morning i could i, I do like steak and eggs but uh, i mean apparently that's his favorite breakfast which implies he has it a lot <laughs> um, so Devin tells Michael that Gilbert Cole is indeed partners with Anthony Solon and that Cole's primary contribution to Solon is laundering money. Sounds great. Awesome. Cool. And so we can tell that Michael's obviously conflicted because Stevie's in the hospital unconscious. And Devin's just like, um, so I'm, I'm actually having a hard time because if, if Stevie actually survives this, what are you going to do? Right. Like, he's starting to call Michael out on this stuff. He's like, Michael, you do realize that you have, like, an basically an unlisted personality. Right. You, you don't exist. Right. You can't, you can't get involved with her. He's like, well, well I want to I be with her. Right. And he's like, he's like, is it okay to feel, Devin? Does the foundation permit that? Uh, he's, I mean, like, he's going back. For like, the just- first time, he's starting to get, like, coming, you know, Acknowledging that he has ha- he has a new identity and he's somebody else. Yeah, he's acknowledging his past, right? Like I mean, for the first tra- time. I mean, he and he and Devin go back and forth for a little while about this. And he's- I know. And he's like, Devin's like, walk with me. Come here. Come here. Yeah, let's have a talk. And is this the scene that you have questions about? Well, this whole scene, it's it's very because basically Devin explains to Michael. We learn more about Devin here. We get a good backstory here. Devin that- Devin was in the war, which I imagine is World War Two. Yep. He was in the OSS, the Office of Strategic Services. Correct. Fell in love with a French girl. Yes. But basically had to to leave her behind and like, you know, vanish. Decide what was more important, the love the love of this woman or staying with this job in the OSS and he chose his job. Yeah, he chose his mission and everything else. Right. He's like, "Michael, you have to do the same thing because we didn't, you know, this is what gets me." They made Michael into this. Correct. Like, he didn't have a choice. Right. Devin did. Maybe. I mean, we don't know. But, like, Michael is in a weird situation. He was shot. Yes. But they used this opportunity to turn him into this crime fighter. Unless Devin was also facially reconstructed by Wilton Knight. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Just a thought. Wow. Wilton Knight died at 162. So, God. It would stand to reason that maybe in World War II... Whoever Devin was before this moment, he was a World War II. You know what? Maybe Devin's just making up a story about this French girl he fell in love with. Maybe he was the French girl. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. <laughs> he was a French girl that Wilton Knight was like, I don't like her. Turn her into this. Turn her into this. <laughs> I don't know. Just a thought. This is, Okay, it's really interesting. But this whole conversation... Basically, to- he told Michael, you cannot get involved with her. You're- that life is gone. Right. You have to move ahead. Absolutely. And you could see Michael agreeing with him. He's like, shit. Yeah. Shit. And he's like, oh, and, and Devin says to Michael, uh, just just in case you were having any issues trying to decide which way to go, um, Stevie's record shows that she was arrested twice for solicitation. Okay, bye. Have fun. <laughs> and he just like walks away. Michael's like, What? What? And he was like, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Let me, I get it. She was also represented by Gilbert Cole twice. Okay, I'll see you later. I'm really going this time. But also, why would Devin be such an asshole and say that? You know, I know that you really love her, but but she may or may not have been a hooker. Right. So peace out. (laughs) So then Michael goes right to Cole. Right. Busts into his office and is like, Stevie was never arrested on solicitation charges. He's like, who are you? She's like, and he's like, that's not important. You don't, you don't care. I don't care. You don't care who I am. I don't care who you are. He's like, my job right now is to find out who fabricated that story because I already know who represented her. 
Yeah. And he's like getting right up in his face. And Cole's, it was good. And I love it because like Michael's out for blood and Cole looked a little put, taken aback by this because he gets mm-hmm. right on the phone because Michael asks him after he leaves, Michael asks Kit, hey, Michael, or hey, Kit, I want you to go ahead and trace this phone call that's about to come through because Michael knew that ruffling these feathers was going to cause Gilbert to get on the phone mm-hmm. and call Solon. Right. Which is exactly what he does. But Kit can't penetrate a scrambled phone call. This drove me nuts. Kit's like, I can't, I can't listen to it because it's scrambled. You have drone capabilities to take pictures of people from hundreds of miles away. You can trace phone calls. You have oil slicks coming out the back. You have flamethrower in your tailpipe. You, you can call generals through a government line. You have a dot matrix printer. You can do everything under the sun. You have you know, 3,500 chemical compounds that you can figure out. Can, you can carbon date pottery. You're right. You, yes. can, you can do blood tests on passengers in the car. So convenient for the script writer to be like, oh, well, clearly Kit can't penetrate scrambled phone calls. Fuck. <laughs> that drove me bat shit I'm crazy. Like, how convenient. I guess Bonnie had to take out his unscrambling capabilities to put some other bullshit She's going to have to put the scrambler back in. Figure out where to make room for it. Because right. she clearly makes room for everything else. Do you think Kit still has that laser from way back when he was fighting Carr? Do you think he still has the I laser? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's the other thing. The trailer that they drive around in should have another trailer full of all the shit that they keep taking in and out of Kit. <laughs> I know. So... Kit doesn't he can't he can't trace the call. Basically, he knows that a call was made, but he can't trace the call, so he doesn't know who Cole called. Awesome. Thanks, Kit. You are the future, but you can't penetrate scrambled phone calls. That's fine. Whatever, dude. So, Bonnie, this part confused me. So we cut back in, I think it's like uh, in the morning meeting moment, like back at the foundation. The morning meeting moment. So Bonnie gets a couple of reports that Cole had lost two cases in court. And Anthony Solon showed up both times on the winning side of both of those court cases. But then they're like, well, I guess we're going to have to do a little more digging to turn up a connection. What the fuck was the point of that? Scene? I don't know. There's a <laughs> lot of stuff. The there are a lot of, of scenes scene? that just they just talk about things, and it's like filling time. It's like let's... I think that's what they were doing. Yeah. They were clearly filling time because then Michael goes back to Cole's office after hours, triggers a silent alarm by breaking in, and doesn't seem too worked up about it. And Kit tells him, "Michael, the alarm's been triggered. I, I sense a silent alarm." Well, yeah, Kit, you couldn't unscramble that stupid phone call, but you sensed the alarm. Shut up. This wouldn't have been a problem if you didn't do if you could have scrambled that phone call. You yeah. dipshit. Duh. Blah. So yeah, he's like he's not worked up about this alarm because and Kit's like Michael, you have one minute. There's a security guard coming around the corner, and like I guess Richard pointed out earlier, like Michael just beats up on security guards, yeah. and they're all like older, and you know, like they're just like older security right, guards. Exactly. You feel bad, but of course Michael lets this guy go. He doesn't. He doesn't like sneak up behind him and like he doesn't even be seen. Like it was such a useless scene because Michael just escapes and doesn't get seen. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, okay, <laughs> that's fine, but it's it was suspenseful though. It was suspenseful. So he goes back to the foundation to see Stevie, who shockingly has woken up out of her coma. With a new face. (laughs) She looks like Carol Channing. (laughs) Well, I kept having this thing like everybody that falls into a coma under the watch of the foundation wakes up with a new (laughs) face and a new identity. It's just what they do. It's Carol Channing with Carr's voice. (laughs) Hello, Michael. Michael, what would you like to do right now? Oh, Jesus, God. <laughs> Devin, you asshole. I said, that was amazing. What, Michael? You don't like it? <laughs> would you like to fornicate? <laughs> no. God. Well, maybe a little bit. Let me get a paper bag. <laughs> so, yeah. So <laughs> What so is wrong with us? So Stevie wakes up and she's like, oh, Michael, you're here. She's like, please. Never leave me again. And Michael's like, I'm never going anywhere again. And then we like freeze frame on Michael's face as we cut to commercial for the next for the final act. I'm like, oh, jeez, man. God, okay, Ugh. okay. So, so Michael tells Stevie because the next scene, Stevie's awake. She's up. She's got her arm in a sling. She seems that she's making a pretty quick recovery. Michael has something else in a sling. <laughs> nope, not going there. <laughs> so Michael tells her, she's like, uh, hey, listen. 
you've got a record on file. Like you apparently you've been in court and arrested twice for solicitation. And Steve's like, no, what this is a lie? I'm what not are you doing saying? that. She's like, they're going to use this against me in the trial. They're not going to believe me. And Michael's like, yeah, you're right. They're not going to believe you because you don't have any credibility. If they play this story up about the solicitations, your story in court is not going to hold up. And she's like, do you believe me, Michael? I don't know. Do I? <laughs> that's I, I that's not what he says. I know. He says, I, I do believe you, right. Stevie. Right. He's like, no, I absolutely do. I know that you were not. This is not who you are. So according to a report that materialized out of nowhere that Devin just got from somewhere. Um, <laughs> Stevie was arrested on June 10th and July 23rd, 1982, by the same officer named William Dollar. Uh, William was indicted in a scandal that didn't stick, and then William disappeared. Mm-hmm. Turns out that William was the same man who shot Stevie in the shoulder, which could prove that they created a phony record. Now, they know this because they cross-referenced the photo that Kit generated with the Correct. photo of the police officer, which happened to be the same photo. Of course it was. <laughs> it's Yes, because that's how, that's how William Dollar looks when he takes photos. It's just every time you snap a shot, it's just like he's in a white backdrop, just sort of like face on. Like a passport photo, just really boring. It's like, did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? No. So there's an episode where every time they try to take a picture of Barney, wherever he is, he's always looking at the camera. So he could be just like looking this way or vomiting, and they'll take a picture, and he's like smiling with his thumb up. That's like what he does. Like William could be doing anything in the world, but as soon as they take a picture, it's like mugshot. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously this is enough to question Stevie's record, but it's not enough to get Cole charged with whatever he's doing with Anthony It's still one step removed. Right. Stevie's like, listen, I actually know how we can do this. I know how we can nail Cole. I know what we can do. I know how we can nail Cole. <laughs> so, she calls, so she calls Cole, and she's like, oh, I, I, I'm okay. I just need you to know what they're doing. They're taking me up to a retreat in the woods. Uh, that's where I'm going to be. And she hangs up the phone. A retreat in the woods. And now, and now we learn that they're going back to the safe house. Right. Again, after they already knew... So this is the that's like I I know that they're they're making a trap they're setting a trap yes but like the bad guys already knew where the safe house was and they're like I would think why the hell are they going back there right right <laughs> I don't I so don't know. they get back there to the retreat with a vehicle in tow and it just so happens to be William Dollar and this other guy William opens fire on Kit obviously not doing any good. While also obliterating the side of the house. I know, shooting all kinds of stuff, putting <laughs> holes in the house. And Michael and, and, uh, and Stevie are just sitting in the car. Yeah. So, like looking and smiling so because they can't get her. William and this other guy attempt to pull a Murdoch where they want to try to ram, ram Kit, but Kit just backs out of the way and the car runs through a lattice fence. Uh, oh, it hits a couple of flower pots and flips over. Right. Oh, of course it does. <laughs> Have you ever accidentally hit like a flower pot on the highway? Good God, I nearly died once. Have you done that? No. Oh, okay. Because you would not flip over if you hit a flower no, pot. No, you certainly wouldn't. They were not going fast enough to flip over, but they <laughs> did. Um, which So this obviously proved that Cole was in on this job because he's the one who contacted these people to send them there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dollar immediately gives away the location of Cole, who is at an airport getting ready to fly out with Solon. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Another airport tarmac chase. This was amazing. <laughs> this was great. So Solon and, and Cole get in the plane and they start driving away as Michael and Kit get onto the runway and start chasing down the plane. Mm-hmm. Kit turbo boosts into the rudder of the plane, basically detonating the plane. Well, breaking the plane in half. He like <laughs> drives through it. He drives through the rudder of the plane. Oh my gosh, it was and amazing. And I think it's hilarious because Kit is designed not to endanger human life, yet he will fl- drive into a plane that have three, I think it has two or three people on yeah. board, yeah. to stop it. Yep. Engulfed the back half of the plane in flames, mm-hmm. Michael pulls Cole out, and before the cops get him, Michael just throws a right hook and knocks Cole out. <laughs> and I love how the cops are like right there ready to go. And they just turn their backs. Well, that's the other thing. In the scene before where the car flipped over when he, Cole got ratted out, yeah. Michael had had pulled one of the guys out, and Devin shows up with two police officers. And Devin says, you okay, Michael? He's like, yeah, I just need five more minutes. And Devin's like, okay, gentlemen, let's come right back. Yeah. And that's where Michael beats the shit out of the guy. <laughs> it was so great. It was amazing. So... We cut back for the finale of the episode, and Stevie has basically said that she's going to be placed in witness protection. 
and she comments on how strange it's going to be to become somebody else, which triggers Michael. Like he has that moment where is he going to tell? Maybe is he going to tell her mm-hmm. that this is who it is? But decides that it's probably not going to happen. So they make out for a really long time. Mm. She gets in a car and she leaves. Mm-hmm. We cut to Michael back at the safe house, walking through the debris of everything that's been shot up, and Devin's just and like Devin's standing there, kind of <laughs> crying, <laughs> like holding broken pottery. These like, are antiques, like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of antiques, which is idiotic that it was in a safe house, right? And and Michael's like, ah, oh, Devin, I'm sorry. How was I supposed to know they're going to shoot the place up? Right. I'm sorry, man. He was oh, like, well, man. go ahead. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna leave again. Yeah. You just go ahead and work up a tally of what I owe you, and I'll pay you back. Right. But he's like, it's priceless. <laughs> this is a 150 year old clock. Oh, I'll take care of that. Yeah, I love me, how he tries to hang it up. Let on me the put wall. it back together for you. Puts it on the wall, and just parts fall all over the place. He's like, all right, <laughs> all right, maybe not. <laughs> I'll see you later. So Michael leaves, and he gets in the car, and he's clearly like he's wondering. He's like, if Stevie really knew. That well, he's he talking was, to Kit about it. He's like, I wonder if she really knew. And Kit's like. Look in the glove compartment, Michael. And he opens the glove compartment. And earlier in the episode, he makes a comment about this necklace that Stevie was wearing with, I think it was with birds on it, right? Yeah. And he pulls it out, and she had left it in the glove compartment. And we're left to see Michael kind of like thinking on this. Like, So we're mm-hmm. left to assume that maybe she did know. Well, because he, Kit's like, what does that mean? And he said, well, that was that was a gift that I gave her to remember a, a, a mutual friend of ours that died. Yes. And he's like, and that, that mutual friend was Michael Long. Right. So she knew that it was him. Oh, she absolutely did. Yeah. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, though, the last little walk that they were having together, she says that she was going in the witness protection program Yep. and starting a new life with a new identity. <sighs> yep. Why couldn't they be together? Right. He's got a new identity. All, you, all she needs is a new face. Right. Maybe they could give her the same face. Right. Maybe they could give her Michael Long's face. <laughs> Maybe they could give her Devin's face. No, Wilton Knight's face. That would be a one way to preserve the life of Wilton Knight. She, he comes back as her? Yes. <laughs> so we end with Michael sort of looking off into the distance. And this is actually the first episode that doesn't end with Michael driving through the desert with the voiceover. Oh, you're right. It just kind of fades to black, and then we just get the freeze frame of uh-huh. the end credits. Um... I loved everything about this episode. Yeah, this is pretty damn awesome. It was like, I loved the the conflict that Michael had in wanting to tell her, but never did. You know, mm. I loved watching that conflict. I loved watching how heartbroken he was watching this woman in a coma mm-hmm. and not being there and able to tell her who he really is. I know. Uh, it was just such a great... So even like taking all of the conflicted stuff and all the shit that we i mean we crap on these episodes a lot (laughs) but they're really just nitpicks but like they weren't enough for me to not say that this was almost a perfect episode so for that reason i'm giving it another trans am oh dude i gotta give it another five oh man it was Ah. oh man i love this episode trans am man it's this season one recap that we're gonna do in a couple weeks is really gonna be hard because i have a lot of five star like i think i it's like i loved it but some of the stuff was goofy but i really liked her but i wish they fleshed it out a bit more but i like learning about Devin. maybe we'll see her back i don't know if i want to give it a trans am Oh, do I? I definitely a turtleneck and a turbo boost. So you're thinking maybe a four and a half? I, I mean, four and a half ain't, four, ain't, ain't bad. I think I'm going to go with a turtleneck and a turbo boost just All right. because. All right. Uh, but, uh, just a little bit of, I'm looking ahead here, and it looks like uh, Stevie comes back season two and season four. Okay, so we have at least two more two more appearances. Whether it's the same actress. I think it is. I think it is, because I think they stayed married. Obviously, they're no longer married, but mm. I think I think they stay married for a good chunk of the uh a good chunk of the eighties. Good chunk of the eighties. Eighties were chunky, weren't they? They were. It was the the chunky the chunky eighties. <laughs> the chadies. The the chadies. <laughs> do you want to play one quick round of who's more likely? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. So the questions I have, Greg, are: Who is more likely to think that they can freestyle rap, Michael or Devin? <laughs> Devin, one hundred percent Devin. You think Devin's the one? Michael is too is cool enough to know that he's not that cool to freestyle rap. Okay, but I think Devin would like like how Devin likes croquet. Yeah, that Devin likes freestyle rapping for the skill and the talent. Yeah, 
but he's not good at it. Do you think he'd be the type of one who would rap like, my name is Devin and I'm here to say... You think it would be that kind of a scenario? <laughs> trying really Probably. hard to like, for, with the hands up and like they're in the west side trying to wrap the mic My name is Devin and I'm here to say I like to get down and play croquet. <laughs> yes! So oh let's God. hang out and go around town. Michael, show you how to get down. Michael, go ahead and take your pants down. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm going to work on a freestyle rap as Devin for next episode. That's I don't ever I don't want to hear you do it. I agree with you, Devin, hundred percent. Thinks he can freestyle rap. Okay. Uh, next one is who is more likely to be completely shocked by every fact you tell them, Michael or Kit? It's like what? Oh, that is brand new information. I I have to say, Kit. You think so? Kit's the type of person to be like, oh, please tell me more. You just say I, that Kit's the type of person. Yeah, I did it again. I have I have once again referred to Kit as a sentient being. Okay. But he is the type of like, oh, please. He's, he's got that dry wit. Oh, please tell me. But please, he would, please, okay. Michael, tell me no, more. No, no, no. Kit, yes, I agree Kit would do that, but he'd be completely facetious about it. He'd be an, he'd be doing it to be an asshole. Right. He's like, oh, no. Oh, really, Michael? I didn't know that. That's fantastic, Michael. Why don't you tell me some more information yes, I didn't that's, know? That's him. 100% that's him. I, I that's I have to say it's Kit. What about you? Yeah. You thinking Kit, oh, too? Yeah, but for the reason that Kit would be doing it to be a jerk. Yes. Oh, no, he would absolutely just do it to placate you and just be like, mm. oh, oh, please tell me more. Please tell me more. Oh, I can't wait to hear. Oh, really? Like, what if that's... I hope that's a feature that Bonnie puts in down the road. Like, Smug mode? Like extreme, <laughs> extreme emotion mode or something, and he just gets stuck in this, like, really shitty, like placating like oh that's amazing what that's fantastic i I, didn't know that i yes i think that would be great Uh, Uh, guys let us know what you think on twitter facebook or instagram greg do you want to know what's coming up next week i sure do want to know what's coming up next week next week we will be discussing season one episode 20 night moves k-n-i-g-h-t we're gonna be working on those from this time forward anytime i use an episode title with the word night it's k-n-i-g-h-t Episode 20, Night Moves. Michael and Kit investigate a series of attacks being made on independent truckers. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I don't even know what to... Okay, well, I guess let's get into that next week. Um, if you guys want to find us on Facebook, you can find us at Facebook.com slash ChampaKline. Twitter's at ChampaKline. Instagram's ChampaKline. You can find all of that stuff and more at ChampaKline.com. You can email us, let us blow your mind at gmail.com. You can leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also utilize the hotline like Richard does every single week. It would be really fun if you did. 207-835-1954. Go ahead and give us a call. Uh, Greg, mm. do you have any final thoughts before we uh, say goodnight? <laughs> what, how, how do you spell that? G-O-O-D. K-N-I-G-H-T. I don't. All right, guys. Greg, be safe tonight on the Brew Tour. Thank you very much. I expect to hear from you first thing tomorrow morning when you're home. Or text me tonight when you get home. I'll okay, be, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll be like 1230. I'll definitely be awake. All right, guys. So for the Night Rider years, I am... White bird singing in the dead of night. I am Kit's phone unscrambling module in a dusty heap in the back of the warehouse. <laughs> Love it. Have a fantastic week, everybody. have it loyal listener a fine example of what can truly be done with podcasting hard work consistent output and just the right amount of guidance from an enigmatic network overlord tune in again next week to see what timeless gem i dust off for your listening pleasure seriously i need to get someone into this archive room and do some cleaning it's filthy
You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.